Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. All right, happy Mother's Day. I, I wanna give a special shout out. My stepmom is here. So stepmom is such, it's like not the right term. I was thinking about this. It should be like bonus mom. My stepmom is amazing. She's amazing. She, especially, um, you know, she, she came into my life many, many years ago and has just filled that role. Um, all kinds of things from paying for textbooks for college, taking me to have my wisdom teeth out, my tonsils removed. Like she was the person that was there as I was coming out of anesthesia and thank God there was no social media in those days. I often wonder, you know, you see those videos of people. Um, but so um, up here, uh, there's two pictures. Uh, the first picture up top, uh, that's my family. Um, my husband, Ed, um, who is the reason I um, parent the way I do. Uh, we have a great relationship and we have two little boys that are very, very active. You might have seen them in their baseball uniforms because we are going right from here to baseball because we are always going somewhere. Um, you may not always see us on a Sunday morning because we are often in the ice rink um, or on a ball field, but um, we love the plant. We've been a part of the plant. We were invited to be a part of the team that started the plant 13 years ago. And um, this past year, God called us to something really special. And the young men that you see beneath, um, we had four young men living with us for seven months. Um, a unique thing to do in the midst of a pandemic, but um, saying yes to one led to saying yes to two, which led to four. Um, and we happily fed them um, and picked up after them and taught them how to use a toaster oven and a microwave and um, lots of other very interesting things in their journey as they became young men. Um, but all hockey players, as you can see, and that's why they were with us. They were away from home. Um, and so they were learning to be out on their own as they pursue their dreams of either a D1 scholarship or um, the NHL for a couple of them. So, um, so it's Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day is not always an easy day for, for everyone. There's a lot of different reasons why Mother's Day is not easy for everyone. Um, this tree that you see uh, in this photograph, that's our home in the background. Um, my husband and I live in the home that his grandfather built for his wife um, in the 50s. And they were, uh, actually no, it would have been the 40s I think. He was born in 1929 and he got married in his 20s. So he had. My husband and I felt very called to Mawa. We, we would drive into Mawa and we, we knew that that's where God wanted us to be. He's a school teacher there. And um, so ultimately, this is where we settled. When my father and my bonus mom were moving out of my childhood home, this tree was still there. This tree was given to us 25 years ago. Um, tomorrow is May 10th, and tomorrow is the 25-year uh, anniversary of my mom going to heaven. And so this tree was given to us, and when he was moving, I said to Ed, it can't stay there. It has to come. What if somebody comes in and chops it down? So every day we pull in our driveway or we pull out of our driveway, and here on, at the home that his grandfather 
built for his family stands this significance of my family. And we've brought our lives together there in Mawa where God has called us. And so I get to see this beautiful tree every day. And I, every year I send my pictures to my siblings and it doesn't do it justice. And I tell them it doesn't do it justice. It's so beautiful. I wish you could see it because nobody is here. But my mom was very sick. Um, we knew that um, she was sick. It was not a surprise. I didn't, I didn't lose her. Tragically, I was young, but I, I wasn't surprised by the loss of my mom. Um, I knew I had a faith that was so deep, I knew where my mom was. I am confident today. I know my mom is in heaven. She's rejoicing. Um, and that still left a bittersweetness to Mother's Day. Um, the weekend she passed away, it was, it was May 10th. It was a Friday. Um, my, it was my best friend's birthday. I was actually at a birthday party and got the phone call to come. My brother was, and his fiance, my sister-in-law now, were graduating from Nyack College. And the next day was Mother's Day. So as you imagine, Mother's Day rolls around each year after that. And it's, it's not just that you've lost your mother, but it's everything that it encompassed that weekend. So I've always had... Um, a sensitivity to Mother's Day weekend. But God blessed me with two little boys. Um, and so the joy is different today for me because I celebrate them and the gift that I was given in them. So while it's past is hard and it holds things that are difficult, and I know it holds difficult meaning for different women, there is still a joy in it. So when Rob asked me to speak Mother's Day, this was my initial reaction. I was excited. I like, to public, I like to speak publicly, and I enjoy sharing what God has put on my heart. And, and I was excited. I was excited. And then he told me the topic, and my reaction changed. Controlling your tongue. So as you may know, we've been studying um, the book of James. And so Rob tells me, Yes, yeah, so you and Sue are going to talk on James um, 3, 1 through 12. And I'm like flipping through, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And he's like, well, I did this on purpose. I picked you and Sue on purpose. So this is not necessarily what I would want to talk to you about this morning. But, um, you know, I can tell you probably a million reasons why I struggle with this topic. So the reality is I grew up in New Jersey. We like colorful language here, right? Right? I am a hockey mom. If you've sat by me in an ice rink, you may know that sometimes it slips out. I apologize. I struggle with it. But sometimes it happens. The other thing is that, um, is anyone else just a boy mom? You don't have girls, like you're just boys. Okay, they, well, they, they, they will drive you to the brink of insanity at times. It's just the absolute reality. I don't have girls, so I can't speak to that, but they, they can make you lose your mind. And so sometimes things come out, and we all, most of us, live in New Jersey. Driving around here is a little stressful, right? It's a little stressful, so sometimes you say things you regret, and it comes out. But the reality is my reaction wasn't because of that. While I instantly felt convicted of that, as I do often, it's something that I struggle with, you know, as I'm mentioning. But um, I tend to be a straight shooter. Um, I tend to complain. Um, and so I felt convicted. And I, as, as I'm being asked to speak on this topic, 
it was this rude awakening of what needs to change in my own life. So um, before we dive in, let's pray. God, I just, I thank you for each mom that's in the room today. God, I thank you for each and every woman. Um, God, we're not just called to be moms of our biological children. God, but you place women in each other's lives so that we can speak truth and love. God, this morning as we talk about controlling our tongues, God, would you um, do a mighty work, God, in my heart. I selfishly ask, God, would you change something this morning? But God, in each and every heart of every man and woman in this room today, God, would you speak deeply and profoundly, God, so that we learn to control our tongues. Amen. So we're going to go to James um, 3.12. Um, but we, before we get there, um, I forgot to share an important part about myself. I'm a dental hygienist, so I deal with the tongue all day long right? Um, you may hate your dental hygienist, and I apologize for that, but um, the tongue is a daily battle for me. The tongue is very strong. The tongue is actually a group muscle. Um, it's made up of eight connective um, tissue, mu like muscle tissues, and um, so it's very, very strong. It tastes, it helps us speak, obviously, right? But it's a part of our process of chewing. It, it, it helps to um, press and grind the food as you're chewing. Um, it helps with our teeth taste. It helps with touch. It helps with sucking, eating, drinking, and defending, which was interesting to me. I never really thought about the tongue that way, but it helps protect that we are not choking, that our food does not go down before it is supposed to. So um, it's amazing that this little tiny organ can have so much control in our life. So as we dive in, I want to ask you this. Are you allowing your tongue to control you? Or are you allowing God to control your tongue? Just think about that as we move forward. So we're going to flip here um, to James. Let's read this together. James 3, 1 through 12, controlling the tongue. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged by God with greater strictness. So I'd like to stop right there and say I'm taking one for the team this morning, okay? So um, this was uh, a little bit of a harsh reality as I read that. So taking one for the team, um, everybody know that I am not, this is not my profession. I am not um, claiming to be uh, an expert at controlling my tongue. So um, as long as we're all clear on that, we can move forward. We all make many mistakes, but those who control their tongues can also control themselves in every way. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So also, the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction, for it is set on fire by hell itself. I'm behind there. Sorry, guys. 
People can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is an uncontrollable evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into, cur into curses against those who have been made in the image of God. And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Can you pick olives from a fig tree or figs from, figs from a grapevine? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty pool. So, does that like resonate with anybody else as you read that? Like, oof, okay. All right, thanks James for calling me out. Um, it's not just what we say, it's what we don't say. Both are important. In verse two, we all make many mistakes, but those who can control their tongue can also control themselves in every other way. Examples of an untamed tongue would include gossip, putting others down, bragging, manipulating, false teaching, exaggerating, complaining, flattering, and lying. To use proper speech, you must not only say the, not say the wrong things, but you also need to say the right things. I would challenge you to say that the first step to controlling your tongue would be refraining from conversation. When you're in the midst of a conversation and you can feel that tug or you can hear that whisper, just hold it, hold your, hold your tongue, right? That, you know, just refrain, process, listen to what's being said and see, can you redirect that conversation so that what you are saying is wise? What you choose to not say doesn't then engage in that gossip, the lying, um, putting down others. It is so easy to get caught up in those conversations. I will gladly invite any of you to join me in the ice rink. You spend 10 minutes with those hockey parents when their kids are on the ice, and you will see how out of control that conversation gets about this kid, about that kid, about that parent that thinks their kid's going to the NHL, but their kid's not going to the NHL. Like, who cares, man? They're 8 and 10 years old. Let them have fun. So if you're interested, you come join me. The Bible gives us amazing advice, absolutely amazing advice on controlling our tongues. The wild part is I have a devotional that I am going through every morning. And when I got to this past week, the topic was words. And every devotional was about controlling your tongue. And I was like, God, you're amazing. I ordered this book randomly like a month and a half ago on Amazon. You know, had no idea that this was part of the content. And here I am a week before this morning. And the whole week is about words. Awesome. So if you like scripture and you like memorizing it, you're going to want to run with me. You may want to jot some of these down because they're good. Proverbs 10.32. The godly speak words that are helpful, but the wicked speak only what is corrupt. A gossip goes around revealing secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Proverbs eleven thirteen. So I'm going to tell you a little inside scoop about me. I am not a gossip girl. I, that is just not for me. Last year, we were waiting on some, I'm sorry, another hockey story, but little hockey news for our older son and, um, you know, some potential exciting things for him that were going to happen. 
And another mom texts me, and she says, you know, EJ made the top team. No, actually, I didn't know that. So I had that information before my family received the email announcing what he had made. And it just spoiled the whole moment. It didn't destroy my But our family was waiting for news that someone decided was their information to share with me how she was privy to that information. I don't know, but this woman seems to know everything. But I'm thankful that I'm clueless in those situations. At work, we're all having lunch the other day. Everybody's sitting around, and there's, there's a lot of us. There's like 20 women in this dental practice. So that's a lot going on, right? And um, they're talking about how, so if you, if you come into our office, there's four people that sit in the front, right? And so they're talking about how the one on the far right and the one on the far left don't get along and how, you know, they're bickering and they're having this issue. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching everybody and they're like, you didn't know? I'm like, I had no idea. How can you not know? Everybody feels the tension. And I'm like, I just don't know. By the grace of God, that is not an issue for me. But it is an issue for a lot of people. So this is when saying nothing, just zip your lips and keep it in, is probably the best advice I can give you. Sometimes what we don't say is the best thing we can do to control our tongue. So before we speak, let's ask, is what I want to say true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? How often, I, anybody else, like, hate, I hate, like, that silence. Like, I just, do, I, I don't want to just hang out with you and, like, sit there and, and, like, be trying to pull information out of you. Not great at small talk, but I'm also not good at, like, fishing the information out of you to, like, make the conversation. So then you end up, like, saying things that you don't necessarily need to say. I have a friend that's so good at this. She could ask you, like, she would know everything about you in 10 minutes. She's amazing. I can't do that. So I end up finding myself getting wrapped up in these conversations with people that are totally unnecessary. And then you're like, what just happened there? Was that honoring to God, that conversation? No, no, probably not. So if we take the time to just stop and ask, is what I want to say true? Is it necessary? Huge one for me. Is it necessary? And is it kind? The uncontrolled tongue can do terrible damage. The tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction. So I want to challenge you. Um, I was a part of a church community in my teens, and... um, Sadly, um, I was in an unhealthy dating relationship, and it it really wasn't good. I shouldn't have been in it. But um, people in the church, uh, the pastor's wife and the worship leader, decided that this wasn't the relationship um, for the two of us, that we weren't meant to be in this relationship. And instead of using their um, wisdom in years and their position as um, pastor's wife and worship leader, and I want to be very clear, um, just because you are a pastor's wife or a worship leader's wife, um, you're not held to a higher, you're not, you're not the pastor, you're not the pastor, but you have an opportunity to speak into the lives of other women, and um, in this moment, I felt um, that they used that uh, platform that they had to 
um, they did a lot of harm. Um, they talked about me, uh, things that weren't true, um, just all kinds of stories and gossip and um, situations where we pulled up to a location and they were up on a balcony and threw things down at me. And it was just really destructive and really harmful. And they had an opportunity, not because of being pastor's wife and being the worship leader's wife, but because they were women in the church to speak into my life. And they didn't do that. They could have taken that opportunity and sat me down and said, Sue, this is an unhealthy situation. It's not good for you. It's not good for him. Like, let's talk about ways to move forward. But instead, they had their motives, um, and, and they used it to just destroy um, and cause so much damage in my life. And as people of the church, I would encourage you, if you see a situation and you don't agree with it, you know, um, maybe seek some counsel first, but help, help the women around you. Help the young men around you um, and, and build them up. Don't destroy. Fire goes out for lack of fuel and quarrels disappear when, gospel, when gossip stops. Proverbs 26, 20. Don't be the fuel to the fire. That is the point of that story, that experience that I had. Don't be the fuel to the fire. It's toxic. It will only bring destruction into your life. Not only will it cause destruction in another's life, but it will cause destruction in your own life. So if no one can control their tongue, why bother trying? I mean, in that, that verse when I first read that, but no one can tame the tongue. It is an uncontrollable evil, full of deadly poison. Why? Why try? Why try? When we ask God to step in, the Holy Spirit is going to give us increasing power to monitor and control what we say. Clearly, we cannot do it on our own. I cannot do it on my own. Um, but, and, and when we're hurt and we're offended, the Spirit is going to remind us that um, we can respond in a manner that is not hurtful, that is not hateful. When we feel criticized, the Spirit is going to heal the hurt and help us to not lash out to those that have hurt us. But I think it gets better. I think that these scriptures really tell us why we need to learn to control our tongue. Your own soul is nourished when you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cruel. So I, I don't know if it's like a guilty conscience that I have, um, but if, in those moments where I lose myself, right, where that cruelty comes out, the tongue is in control, and I'm not allowing God to take control of that situation, I feel bad afterwards, right? Like, it ruins my mood. It ruins my day. Maybe bring that home. I don't want to bring that home. I want to experience the goodness of a nourished soul. Anyone else? Like, that sounds so much better, right? Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Do you ever just take time to show kindness with your words? I am super deliberate about this with anybody that's providing me a service. So if I go into the supermarket, if I go to the gas station, um, if I go to the bakery, anywhere where someone is providing a service for me, th those are hard jobs. 
Those are hard jobs. I, I mean, you are dealing with people all day long, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic, so they're being exposed to, you know, potentially the virus, and they don't, you know, they don't know. Um, and people are rude, right? Like, people are really rude. I don't want to be that person. I do not want to be that person in their life. Be the person who changes the course of someone else's day with kind words, kind words. I'm a paper person. Is anyone else still a paper person? Okay. Amen. It's awesome. So sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who have been made in the image of God. I, like, felt so called out. I felt like James was like, hey, Sue, by the way, um, yeah, so you, like, can't do both. Um, and you're doing both, and it's not working for you. How many times have you left church, and you get, like, around the corner, and somebody cuts you off, and the whole trajectory of your day is different now? Anyone else? I can't possibly be in that boat alone. You go from, like, praising Jesus to, like, are you freaking kidding me? Because they cut you off. But when I read you know, um, that they are also made in God's image. Like, I know that. I'm not, like, that's not new information to me. But to read it, and to read it in that context was like a wake-up call. We're made in God's image, right? And the, we, our tongue is just like basic sinful nature. It just is. It's just the way it is. And, but God is going to work to change us from the inside out. When we allow him to do that, we are going to experience a, a, a purity that can only come from the Holy Spirit. But evil words come from an evil heart and defile the person who said them. Matthew 15, 18. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Proverbs 4, 23. So how do we tame our tongue? So first, we need to recognize. We need to recognize the ability to build up or tear down. Right? I, I don't want to be the women of the church that I experienced in, the tw in my 20s. Actually, I wasn't even in my 20s yet. I don't think. I was like my late teens. Don't be that person be the person that builds up others around you. God has placed you where you are. Whether it's Mawa, whether it's Wyckoff, whether it's Halden, whether it's Ramsey, wherever you are, whether it's West Milford, God has placed you there with purpose. Don't tear others down with your words. Zip it. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all, right? It's my grandma. Confess to God and others be accountable. Okay, so I'm confessing, right? I have fully confessed. I'm taking one for the team, and I am confessing that I have trouble with my tongue. I struggle. It is not easy. This is not easy. Ask God to empower you through the Holy Spirit to choose your words properly. God, this morning, would you change our hearts? God, would you take control of our tongues? Become better listeners to speak wiser. 
when you're not caught up in the conversation that's taking place around you just so you can be a part, so you don't want anybody to think you're not participating in the conversation, when you stop and you listen, you can change the course of that conversation. I, again, not a gossip girl, right? It's not my thing. I just, I'm, I think it's partially just because I'm clueless. Like, I just don't pay attention to that. I don't want the drama. But stop and say, oh, I'm really not, like, I, really not sure what you're talking about. Hey, what are your plans for tomorrow? You know, change the trajectory of that conversation. Become better listeners. Controlling our tongue is more than just the words that come out of our mouth. So I remember years ago hearing somebody say, if someone came into, their, into your home, when they look around, what would they, what would they believe that you value? So I wanna challenge you. If someone was to look at your social media accounts, what would they see that you value? Would they see that you value your relationship with Christ? Would they see that you value money? Would they see that you value politics? What would it be that they see? Mine, you would see the whole hockey thing. It's just going to happen, right? Are you, are you sharing scripture on there? Are you sharing what God's doing in your life? Are you complaining? Are you exaggerating the circumstances of your life? As we talked about, Mother's Day can share, uh, just stir up a lot of um, experiences that hold this bitter sweetness for many of us. Um, I have been so blessed. I've been so blessed. I have so many amazing women in my life that have poured into me, poured into me. My bonus mom, my mother-in-law, my sister have all for years prayed over me told me scripture, you know, um, built me up, prayed with me, prayed over me, prayed for me. There are countless other women that have done the same, um, many in my professional life, many in my personal life, many as I've gone through the journey of motherhood with my boys. My prayer for each of you this morning is that you will allow God to take control. Don't let your tongue control and dictate the trajectory of your life. Ways that you can, you can get involved and, and use your tongue for good. Leading a small group, teaching Sunday school, um, maybe it's sharing scripture on social media. Change what people are seeing about you. And then maybe it's just being the person that doesn't engage in gossip and that cares enough about someone else to speak kind words into them. As I was preparing for today, I became so much more sensitive to the conversations around me. Um, standing with a neighbor in the backyard talking and he's starting to complain about the neighbor two doors down and how he always breaks his stuff and how he won't take this tree down. And, you know, um, I'm thinking, you've got a pile of dirt in the corner that drives me crazy because it's stinky and you keep dumping your grass there. But, like, changing that conversation, not engaging in that, you know. My prayer is that we become sensitive to the tone of the conversation. Um, and that they become pleasing to God, right? 
continue to dive into God's word. Those scriptures are great. They're great. Dive into that. Hide it away in your heart. Memorize it. Pick one a week. Pick one a month. Whatever. I'm terrible at memorizing things. But like write it down on a little index card. Take it with you if you have to. I promise when you seek God, the Holy Spirit's going to intervene. You're going to start having those moments where you see God teaching you how to control your tongue. God will take control if you allow him. I promise. I promise. So let's pray. God, I just, uh, I thank you, God, that you, you know so much better than we do. Um, God, we, we can't control our tongues on our own. So God, would you give us the Holy Spirit to take over, God? Uh, teach us to be sensitive in those moments, to be aware um, of the tone of the conversation, God, if we're engaging in, in a conversation that we shouldn't be a part of. God, teach us how to become wise listeners, God, so that we can offer different advice. God, would you give us people in our life that we can mentor? I thank you for the people that have come alongside of me that have um, prayed for me, God, that have spoken truth into my life over the years. God, would you give us people in our lives that we can do that for? God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for each woman in this room. God, I pray that um, you would just bless them, anyone that's struggling, hurting God today because the desires of their heart to become, are to become a mother, God, or um, to have a relationship healed uh, that is broken. God, would you answer prayer this morning that, um, that these things will, will be fulfilled. Thank you, God, for this time. Would you bless the rest of our day? In Jesus' name, amen. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.